Welcome to the Bounce Back Podcast. This podcast is dedicated to exploring well-being and resilience. I am Lakshmi and our very first guest is Ritushree Panigrahi. She is a trans woman, diversity, equity and inclusion expert, learning and development consultant and a lawyer. Ritu is a dear friend and an inspiration to say the least. I'm sure this is going to be a great conversation. So let's hear it up from Ritu. Hi, Ritu. How are you today? I am fine. And uh, how are you? And thanks for, you know, inviting me because uh, this is your first podcast and I'm fortunate that I'm the guest today. So thanks a lot. The pleasure is all mine for the work that we do, but also outside of this professional commitment. I, I just hope and wish that the sisterhood between you and me grows. Yeah, I still remember uh, we first met at Mumbai Pride Pride. Yes. And uh, that was uh, my second time in a Pride Pride. That was my second Pride. And then uh, for the first time when I went to a mall, you know, went to a place which is not uh, exclusive for LGBT people, you were there. And I know, I, I still remember, I was so afraid and we went from your house to that mall. Yeah, I, I, I was uh, confused. I was uh, worried about whether they, you know, they will allow me or not or anything, you know, discrimination thing and everything. And you are like, Kuch hoga ben, let's go. I, I, I'm glad that I'm with you on your first podcast because as you, as you said, the sisterhood is rocking and yes yes we want the sisterhood to go forward so um let's start um i'm excited for this conversation ritu so tell us about your about your journey take us through the knowing the accepting and coming out as a trans woman well uh, it all started uh, in my childhood like uh, since childhood i felt unease with my body like i was unaware what is happening to me but i was like okay something is not right I had two, I have two sisters, both of them are, you know, quite elder to me. And whenever they will come up with, you know, new dresses or something. So we had this customary thing that I will wear that first. Yeah. And, you know, because I was a kid and, you know, what, how in Indian household, everyone, you know, they dress up their uh, kid as a, you know, girl and take the photos and everything. So it was fine and it was good. But then slowly when I started growing up, that dress thing, you know, my parents stopped it. Like, okay, this is not for you. And I remember vaguely, like I was in second or third standard and my sister bought a new dress. It was a black dress with some prints and all that. And I wanted to wear it. I asked my sister whether I can wear it. And uh, she said, yes. But my mom came and said, no, no, why are you doing this and all that? You shouldn't wear this. And then all these things started, you know, like you shouldn't play with your sister and their friends. You should play outside and everything. That somehow I felt that, no, this is wrong. They wanted me to play outside with boys. And I felt like, okay, I don't belong here. I belong somewhere else. So that was the phase. I remember one incident when uh, I, I felt like this is like me and my body are two different things. You know, I, I felt like, okay, this is not my body. It's like an armor and I'm inside it. So I told my mom that, uh, you know, I don't feel like this is my body. I'm something else and this body is someone else's. So everyone laughed like it's some kind of joke and anything. I, that, that was not the only incident. I told this to my family and friends many a time. 
and everyone was like uh, are you smoking something like it was very confusing when uh, like still remember there was a movie called angarakshak you know uh, the trailer was coming on uh, tv it is a movie of uh, sunny deol and uh, pooja bhat there is a scene when sunny deol you know the um, bad guys are attacking the hero and heroine and uh, sunny deol is protecting pooja bhat pooja bhat is behind him and uh, everyone you know everyone of my friend they related with sunny deol but i related to pooja bhat i wanted a sunny deol in my life and that was very confusing because the way we society condition you yeah. uh, it is a taboo they put you in your head that it is a taboo then uh, it all started like um, you know the bullying in schools they they never bullied me like you know i i was in a very small town so you know this lgbt thing was not there in those days with kids but yeah they were like yaar bahut soft hai and they gave me names like anarkali and all that so i started you know uh, spending most of my time inside my house playing myself you know with my dolls and everything but then that all didn't help me because uh, my parents and my siblings were like yeah why are you staying at home and why are you going to play so it was difficult for me at home and at outside so i started pretending a lot like i started pretending okay uh, you know that rough and tough masculine thing never happened with me but thanks to my friends they didn't know my sexuality and anything but they were like okay you are our friend we will protect you and everything like that then i thought myself that maybe i'm gay because i'm interested in uh, boys but then i never imagine myself as a boy with a boy so that was very confusing and as i said the society how it conditioned you yes. you feel like you know you you feel like transgender persons are intersex person yes. you know the, those blurry lines you you have no idea as a child in a very small town so then gradually it happened that i you know come to a bigger city for studying for my further studies and then i there i got to you know my um, computer and internet and i search about it then i came to uh, know about this term cross dresser so it started more confusing whether i'm cross dresser whether i'm transgender whether what am i then along with this there was a constant guilt that something i'm doing is wrong because everyone is saying that this is wrong so maybe they are right and i'm doing something wrong so the guilt was very much there so uh, when i started my uh, you know professional career i started living alone mm-hmm. i bought uh, dresses makeup wigs and everything and i used to wear it and uh, i would spend some time alone at home but then the guilt was so much that in every 6 7 month i'll throw off everything thinking yeah this is a phase and it will go go away and uh, but then that never happened like i'll throw away every stop uh, stuff and then after 3 4 month i will <laughs> buy more stuff so this went along and because i had no one to share my my thoughts and my feelings and those were the days of early internet so there is no such social media and anything where you can find uh, you know people to talk about your issues then it happened that 
you know, two, three years back, uh, my family started putting pressure that you are settled. Now you should get married. And I was like, okay, this is the phase. If I, you know, marry a girl, then it will go away and everything. Uh, then they selected a girl. And then uh, it was the time when, you know, the boy meets the girl. And before I can go there, I freaked out. Panic attack started. I didn't. I went into depression. I started behaving weirdly with my family. I behave like a lunatic or something. Then I uh, took the step. I went to a therapist. We discussed about it. Then my therapist said we need three, four months times to know exactly uh, your gender identity or your sexuality because yes. whether it is gender expression or because there is many layers to it you know you cannot you know level not, one. just not gender it is so many things right it is about your feelings about your about your own self how are you feeling in which in the gender in the gender expression that you want to be in uh, right so there are so many things psychologically emotionally mentally it's just not the body isn't it yes even you see the rainbow thing and everything maybe uh, you know this dressing up and everything maybe this is my gender expression maybe i'm gay maybe i'm pansexual maybe i'm bisexual maybe i'm cross maybe i'm transgender i didn't know anything we gave ourselves four months times i talked to my family i said i need four months to figure out something i said then i'm not ready mentally for marriage and everything and they were they were like okay we are giving you time then i uh, my therapist said you should go out in public and ex- experience your feelings and everything so i started going out then gradually i started learning that okay this is what i want like i still remember the first time i go in pub, uh, go, go, uh, went out in public was in 2019 delhi pride parade mm-hmm. and uh, i was staying at a hotel um, in ledo sarai area and uh, i took a cab that morning i went to uh, that tolstoy mark thing uh, barakhamma road and Throughout the journey, I was so afraid. I was like, I'm first time as a woman in public. What will people think? What will happen? You know, and I was thinking uh, the moment I will step out from my cab, there will be some adrenaline, you know, something uh, special will happen. But the moment I step out from my cab, nothing was there. It was peace, calmness. Such a feeling I had never had in my life. Wow. It was just peace, you know, just the mind was blank and so much happiness. Like, yeah, this is, this is who I am. This is what I want. And then I realized, okay, this is what I am. So I told, I I came back, I uh, told my uh, therapist, then I, we started preparing our family, my family. Like I was, um, talked to my brother, siblings and everyone about, the LGBT issues, the trans issues and everything to know uh, what are they think about these things. And I've, I somehow with all my siblings, I found that everyone is kind of an ally and everyone is, you know, they are okay with it, but I didn't know whether they will be okay with me or not. So first I talked to my eldest sister. She, before this also, I knew her. I know that she is very sympathetic towards LGBT uh, causes and issues. So I first told her that I'm not a heterosexual person. Then she said, yes, that's why 
through hints i was asking are you gay and if you are gay it's okay if you have boyfriend it's okay and you know i said no i'm not gay um, there are some layers then she asked me what and i said see after so many years i came to a stage that i am telling you that i am not heterosexual just give me few more months and i'll tell you who i am and then she said okay take your time and everything and after 3 4 months i uh, told her that no i am not cis head person okay. and she said so you are trans gender uh, person like she didn't say that actually uh, yeah but she said yeah then i said okay and the next thing she asked me that have you started doing makeup and all thing and i said yeah i'm doing this for last 10 15 years okay. so you know that was the icebreaker i didn't say her clearly yeah. you know loudly but yeah we know each other but after that she told rest of my family like immediate family we uh, we don't care i don't care about my extended family Yeah. she told this to my family and all are okay saying okay if this is your life we want you to be happy uh, it doesn't matter to us anyone is saying anything for us you are part of our life and you will remain part of our life and yeah that's my coming out story and my realization such a lovely story and i'm i'm so glad that your sisters have you know accepted who you are but uh, not not everybody gets the same the same kind of uh, experience or acceptance from their families right so um uh, and i also understand that coming out is not just a one time affair it is a process it is uh, that you choose uh, as as a queer person you choose to to come out to different set of people to groups and to families to friends uh so it's a choice that you make uh so what would you like to share about coming out as as general you know i'm sure there are so many uh, queer persons who would be listening to this podcast so what would you like to say to them yes like uh there is no straight jacket formula how to you know come out yes. and everything and it is very personal thing like everyone has to decide whether when they want to come out many people during the pride month i i met a young um, queer person mm. uh, in clubhouse and her uh, her concern was that if, uh, during the pride month especially everyone puts pressure you have to come out no you don't need to come out yeah. whenever you feel safe whenever you feel prepared you can come out it's up to you i just want to say ki before you come out to anyone like your family or friends or colleagues just before that for your safety make sure you know whether they are aligned with all these thoughts so for that you know are planning to come out just start talking before that you know before uh, opening yeah. up yeah yeah just start talking with them about lgbt issues about you know same sex marriage or trans right and everything it will give you a sense with how um, those yeah. yeah how how they will receive this thing and not and gradually see another thing i have seen that family the indian society they uh, you know they don't take all this thing with open arms but you know have to consider about our families also like okay it is something new to them also mm. you know they they are not expecting their son to go to them and say okay i'm your daughter they are not expecting so it will be a shock to them first thing you know first thing it will be a shock to them everyone 
no one will be say okay wow great i was waiting for this no one will say that so be prepared for that yeah. and it's up to you you know every family every society every circle every friend group are different every yeah. person is different from another person it's up to them you know how they want to come come out to your their you know family and friends and when just for an uh, you know uh, suggestion start preparing them like start talking with them about lgbt issues one one thing they you will know about their what their perspective is and second thing uh, whenever in your in our society someone talks about lgbt you know the square issues people think you are queer if even if yeah, i said i understand this i i've received this so many times i mean look for very recently i was uh, on a panel a discussion with a group of entrepreneurs and i was representing there as a, a mental health professional and also talking about why mental health is critical for entrepreneurs and uh, on my zoom profile since the call was on zoom my name is name is mentioned as lakshmi srinivasan and there is my pronouns are, are also listed there yeah just next to my name so uh, i was asked that uh, you know we see that she and her is is uh, mentioned next to your name do you want it to be like that i said uh, yes they are my pronouns and this is how i mention my name on all my social media platforms and hence it is like that people have different notions so even if you are an ally or even if you are advocating queer rights because 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 you believe you believe in the cause uh, yet uh, because i have the pronoun people will have this notion that i am queer actually when i was preparing to come out na uh, yeah. for my the present linkedin profile i had my you know cis het mane uh, cisgender profile and some sometimes uh, you know uh, i i started posting you know uh, posting posts and photos and you know posters about queer rights so remember i i posted one you know a poster saying that trans right is human right one of my friends she is in hr so uh, she called me and uh, she said you are brave and i said uh, why and then you are putting your identity to public who told you about my identity i said no i doubted you know long since and everything and i said uh, who told you about this and no no i saw your linkedin post i just posted something and you are assuming i came out to her later 3 4 months later i was like i'm this and she was like yeah i knew it and said how and you posted a poster saying uh, trans yeah. right is human right i'm like if someone is posting trans rights is human right it doesn't mean anything like i remember my my um, previous organization i um, you know uh, resign and you you shouldn't you know, the rule is when you are resigning and joining another organization you should not tell the hr that yeah i'm going there so the hr called me uh, in the exit thing and she asked me uh, what do you want to do and like yeah, okay i have done my um, certification in diversity and inclusion and i want to work with and this thing and that yeah. i didn't say which organization i'm going or anything and anything then she said yes this is very brave move your sexuality and world sexuality i thought because you are very much interested in diversity and inclusion i'm like if someone is reading you know studying diversity and inclusion that means they are queer and so this is the stereotypical thing people just assume you know if even if you talk about this thing 
and people assume that you are in queer and that's why most of the people you know those who are out of the spectrum of this queer thing they just they are just afraid of even talking about this thing they think that if they talk even talk people will think you you are this so this is the issue yeah that brings me to a question you know that's something interesting where you pointed out ritu that how uh, cis heterosexual uh, persons uh, tend to assume others identity uh, especially especially the sexual identity right uh, they don't even have any clue about what's what's going on in the other person's life uh, also i i question that who gives them the right to assume the other person's identity isn't it yeah see you also uh, have studied this and this is the famous thing that this is the norm you know cis heteronormative yeah. is a form of discrimination yes we are you know conditioned with this society so much that we assume that everyone is cisgender everyone is heterosexual yeah. first thing yeah. then secondly whenever you know the society has also set norms like you know if you are a boy you know born in a male body you have to behave in a certain way if you are born in a female body you have to born in a certain way like if someone wears a pink shirt to the workplace then people will start talking you know forget about your hand gesture how you are you know sitting and all that like i uh, growing up uh, also even till today also i I, i every time i was very i am very conscious you know how i am talking how i am you know what is my what are my hand gesture how i am sitting because people judge you and forget about hand gesture or anything if someone as i said if someone wears a pink shirt to the workplace people will say oh ho you are that yeah. they, they will not say anything they will say you are that i don't know why this mainly happen from you know the cis gender people and mostly from cis het male exactly i think this And, whole uh, this whole idea of all that you mentioned about stereotypes right outwardly if you are in a male body and outwardly if you are in a female body as you said you have to be enough a man you have to be enough a woman and this whole hyper masculinity or hyper femininity is also a, a, like a social construct which has been imposed upon you right i remember you and me were having a conversation once and you spoke about uh, why why do trans women dress hyper feminine why do they do yes that? yes uh, before i say- said that i i need to say another thing like yeah, sure. i came out to uh, one of my first i came out to him as that i am not heterosexual this is my usual way to come out to people like first okay. heterosexual then i'm not cisgender then i'm not cisgender heterosexual and then i'm a trans woman okay. so i came out to him and he was like are you sure like why you don't look like i'm like why now because i have seen transgender persons like who gave you the right to judge people everything should be like this like if you are a gay you have to be effeminate gay if you are a transgender um, woman then you have to be you know very soft and everything and like see the bullying i faced made me so tough that i made a shield around me and i started behaving like this bullying behavior and i have a large body i am very tall and everything so that you are so tall how can you be a transgender woman i'm like what <laughs> see uh, the society has uh, some uh, set rules for women you know how a woman should look like and this 
conditioning you know when first of all they will tell you that oh no you are not behaving like a boy and the moment you come out as a trans woman they are they will say like okay you are not woman enough so first you are not man enough then you are not woman enough so this thing to trans woman they feel like okay i have to look you know i have to be in a certain way that's the first thing then the femininity woman thing you know the womanhood yeah womanhood it comes out when you you know dress you know you put makeup you wear jewelries this happens because since i'm i i not say about every trans woman but most of the trans women it happens because since our childhood we are not with all the other things that the cis woman has yes like yes. the body and everything so we compensate with you know we start yeah. compensating it with you know dresses makeup and we say that is the feeling you know someone asked me why do you wear so flashy thing and everything and like it make me feel like me it make me it makes me feel like myself so that's how you know that's how we love to wear you know flashy dresses heavy embroidery dresses lots of makeup jewelry it is not because you know society will accept us as a woman it is for ourselves like yes i'm fulfilling myself i understand what you're saying uh, ideas about how a male should look like or how a female should look like or how a trans person looks like right or how is uh, or a gay man has a certain mannerism effeminate mannerisms and therefore if heteronormative normative lens wants to uh, or box around the trans uh, the trans the gay the lesbian or people from the queer community they also want to box them in a certain way if she is a trans woman she has to be like this or if he is a trans man he has to be like this or if they are a, a, a bisexual or a lesbian they have to be like that so despite it is not the heteronormative world yet the heteronormative lens wants to look uh, look at the, uh, the the queer world with their same lens which is where it, i see yeah it all comes boils down to patriarchy i will again say this the cis het male they just want to you know control the whole society and how do you control it by setting norms for everyone you know you have to do this you have to do this you have to do that you have to do that and this is what is happening since ages and this is why they have set this norms that okay these are the boxes you have to be like this if you are a transgender woman society never accepts i don't care i i, I hate this word of acceptance why should one accept me like you never accept a cisgender person yeah that so, you never ex- you know you never have a question forget about accept yeah. there, is, there is no question of acceptance there for a cis hetero person hetero heterosexual person but also in a way if you if you kind of unpack this whole acceptance issue you know quote unquote acceptance issue it seems to be that the power lies with this the cis heterosexual uh, uh, the, the majority for that matter who are yes. they to ac- accept yes to the boxes you know like they, they 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 never accept trans person with an opinion forget about a trans woman you know they never accept a cis woman to woman uh, with an opinion yeah. and they always you know if you are a trans woman the society uh, you know they think like you 
have to behave in a certain way like you always have to be apologetic that yes. the society is allowing you to live and breathe like they will never give you your right they will give you some pass you know if trans women are asking their right no one will listen to them yeah. but they will acting is that society will accept that okay you are a trans woman your job is to uh, go on roads dance and ask for we can everything we will give you but we will not give you your right because 2014 supreme court gave the um, judgment of nalsa judgment and said that government should allow uh, reservations you know affirmative action in job and education for trans person till today only Karna- the, recently the after, uh, in, in front of the karnataka high court the karnataka government said yes we are ready to give 1% uh, reservation for trans person and kerala government has um, you know reserved some seats in education for trans person apart from that no government has given any reservation or any um, reservation in job and education as per the nalsa judgment act now without doing this you will see every now and then some minister some chief minister of some states opening some you know uh, housing uh, project for trans person some metro railway metro uh, station dedicated to trans persons they w- they will keep doing that and the moment you ask them why this and why not the reservation someone or the other will say chup raho you are getting something be happy with it they 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 want the transportation should be you know apologetic always and they should be you know submissive they 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 feel like the transportation are some clown or something who are there just for you know their amusement or something and i think this whole idea you know the most like the bollywood uh, i would accuse them you know for peddling this transphobia in the society and i i don't know i'm, I'm just getting a bit that i can understand that i mean it's it's the whole the whole bollywood it's it's cringe right that every every film where you've had a trans person character they've been you know either villainized to uh, just to show that how trans trans as a character trans person as a character is uh, is not it's not supposedly belong to this heterosexual world so that's one also caricaturing their whole character yeah and the thing is if they are showing some trans person in a good character then that trans person you will see that oh she is very uh, submissive she is very grateful to the society this yeah. is too much like, you know why, why why a trans woman cannot speak on issues other than trans issue or cannot speak trans person cannot question trans person should be separate breed of persons who will live you know as outcast somewhere you know beyond the city limits always be grateful that the society is allow- not killing them when i wrote this article um, on the anniversary of uh, nalsa judgment i got so many hate messages that society is allow you to live why are you asking for reservation and like it is my right like, no you are a trans woman we are not letting the cis woman <laughs> talk <laughs> how can you say something the as you said the majority patriarchy thing that they don't want they feel that they are superior one else is inferior to them and they don't want them 
to opine something, to question, or you know, or to fight for their rights or anything. And for that, they have for generations put up these boxes so that you know you can be trained, like they train their pet that at 6 p.m. you have to go outside and you pee back to your home at 6.15. They have trained the whole lesser represented community. And it is not about only about um, the queer person. They have trained the cis woman also like this. Yes. They, yes. And this is the thing I do not understand. That cis person, mainly cis male, they've, um, you know, set the norm how a queer person should behave. How... Um, cis uh, um, female should behave. The Savarna guys, they, they have set the norms how a Dalit should behave. The majority community Hindu, they have set the norm how a Muslim should behave. And I'm like, why? Who are you to say how we should behave? It's like, why? Why there is so norm? You know, I can behave like anything. I'm a I'm an individual. And then if I'm behaving, I'm a trans person, I'm a trans woman, and I'm behaving in a certain way, then they'd say, no, you cannot because you represent the entire trans community. But the moment you say all men, they will say, no, 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 you cannot say all men. Hashtag like this is all men. <laughs> Hashtag not all men. I, I know you, you said something which is very interesting and I'm going to take you back again there. You mentioned that whenever uh, the trans people are asking for their rights, their due rights, which they deserve, yet the government wants to do, or some of the state governments have been giving them uh, facilities like maybe housing facility or making a, a separate uh, a compartment for, for trans people. You know, all of these, these um, so-called facilities seemingly to me feels like it is furthering the alienation that you don't belong here. Uh, you can, just like ghettoization happen for a certain religious minority, the same way we will give you a housing right, but you, do, you cannot live in the center of the city or you cannot live amongst the heterosexual, but we will give you a housing rights or um, create a certain colony, which is specifically to you, or we will give you a separate compartment, uh, in, maybe in the metros or so that you still stay away. And you don't mingle and don't belong to the heterosexual community. Now, this is where I find it um, extremely problematic because you want them to still stay at your mercy. Uh, we will do the charity. You can take the charity. You can live your life. But the charity will be decided by us. How much can you exactly. breathe? How much can you live is decided by us. Exactly. Now, see, after the Nalsa judgment, Council for the you know, Socially and Economically Backward Class uh, Community, they uh, recommended the government to include transgender person in the category of OBC. They uh, recommended the government to include them in OBC. And according to that, you know, the, the first uh, trans bill, which was a private member bill um, introduced by DMK uh, MP, was, you know, introduced in parliament. And the idea was that add the trans person community in OBC so that they can take the benefit of um, education and job reservation from the 27%. Government was also to some extent agreed with this. But then opposition came from certain vote banks and government backtracked it from it. So it is all boiling down to governments are thinking that trans person cannot topple their government or cannot decide because it is not a 
vote bank thing you know trans government is looking trans person always do things for the you know for to protect their vote bank and right now transgender persons are not the vote bank so government is like okay uh, the supreme court has put this uh, cap of 50% reservation whether that is good or bad that's a you know that's a different story yeah. you know whether that should be you know extended to 60 65% that's a different story but what i'm saying is the supreme court has put a bracket of 50% government knows that if they are going to provide a certain community more than that mm-hmm. then supreme court will struck down but still government after government they are promising they are you know coming with this uh, reservation above 50% things are going to you know the notifications are going going to supreme court for just you know getting struck down but here supreme court has said mm-hmm. give reservation for trans person so government has no 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 legal uh, barrier to stop that the scbc commission they have said that you know you can add transgender persons in obc category okay. there, there is also a uh, recommendation that trans persons who are not belonging to you know general caste who are obc or stc or something they should be provided a separate reservation within those categories but still government has not central or not state government no one has allowed this reservation thing and without uh, economy finance job you know you cannot empower the community when you are denying these rights and giving them some perks as your pr stunts you are just telling the community that okay leave but as you said leave but on our mercy uh, you touched upon a very interesting point where you can you can have the perks you can have the perks that we give you and we offer you very much true and can be extended to the corporate world as well that organizations are talking about diversity and inclusion but it's more of a pink washing right uh, remember we were having discussion about how talk about a queer rights during the pride month at least during the pride yes. at least uh, i posted this during the pride month i posted this on linkedin that uh, if corporates are celebrating pride month should know that without inclusion of queer persons in your office in your corporate setup there is no celebration of pride month then i got some messages like yeah but what if our organization is trying to educate the cis person trying to make them ally and thereafter we will include queer person i said that's a good thing you know to pre- prepare your organization and then include but you are celebrating and pre- uh, pride month and you know preparing your cset person for last 6 7 years yes i don't know how many and if you at least since 2018 at least since 2018 after the 377 judgment you know it's been 3 years and yes. you haven't included a dni organization you have not come out with an agenda or mission statement and just tell me if there are no queer persons in your organization then who is celebrating what season is said persons has to do with uh, pride month and this whole corporate thing of diversity and inclusion you know most of them i'm not saying all of them there are brilliant organization who are truly inclusive who are you know like an inspiration to all but most of them for them dni is like pink washing like pride month for them is kind of like a halloween Yeah. you know halloween party and all yes. then you know these organization who have no inclusion of queer people and then 
then comes the uh, corporates who include trans white persons but just for their pr you will see uh, that they will include a trans woman or a feminine gay person who, who are visibly queer you know quote unquote visibly queer yeah. so that they post their photos on their um, social media and they will say okay we are inclusive but if you go and see their roster you will find not more than 1% queer person in their organization and and when they come to you know hire for queer person in you know uh, lgbtq Uh, any uh, open advertisement or through you know the the lgbtq job fair you will find they are hiring people for the executive level not be for the managerial or for any significant position within the organization exactly like this happened with me uh, i would not name the company it's a uh, mnc very you know, you know it's among the top 3 companies top 3 4 companies of the world they uh, run this um, Um, job fair, you know, for their company, and they wanted queer persons um, to be hired and everything. And I saw that okay, it's a great opportunity to work with a such a great organization. So I sent my resume. Uh, I got a mail. This interview things will happen. JD was attached, and I saw the JD. That time I had an experience of more than ten years, and the JD the post. that was offered to me for interview okay was for the post where they were searching for candidates with less than 3 years and i saw the salary my uh, that salary uh, was 80% less than my current salary and send them my cv they sent me a form before this uh, email they sent me a form write down everything your experience your current salary your expected salary everything i sent them everything despite that they sent this and believe me or not they are one of the most inclusive organization quote and quote most inclusive organization in the world and i thought this might be some glitch and it happened to me i inquired and this happened to many queer persons i think that it's just such a scam the whole pink washing is such a scam i mean you look at linkedin or you look at any other org- most organizational website during the pride month right from changing their logo to doing their post or you know getting out ads and doing their pr activities it just seems like completely pink washing the whole queer uh, fundamental right movement because dni is not only about changing your logo or you know having a trophy uh, using using the queer community as your trophy material for your pr or to to garner eyeballs in the media but it's also about you know shifting your mission your vision bringing some uh, major shifts in the policy making uh, in in every decision that the organization really does an mnc which is considered to be the topmost and comes in the 3 or 4 you know in the fortune 500 the organization has created a perception in the outside world that this is how inclusive they are but in reality they are also somebody who would be spring forcing uh, the movement you 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 will find like there are many companies who call who call themselves very inclusive they have this dni whole setup of bni but for them diversity and inclusion means only inclusion of cisgender female for them you know i, I have talked to many organization i have friends in many organization who are you know into hr and diversity and inclusion and they always says that we are trying pursue our uh, management 
for inclusion of you know lgbt people or for inclusion of pwd for inclusion of neurodiversity but the management is not listening is nothing but pink washing sending you another story of another uh, corporate and uh, they went you know they went very big in celebration of this whole pride month they put up posters and banners and they celebrated each and every day and i was talking to their hr head and uh, she said that you know we in our company we take this entire pride thing you know entire inclusion thing uh, to next level this is uh, our only aim and we celebrated the pride month and right now we are thinking of uh, including more diversity in our company and i was like great so you are including lgbt people you know pwd and she said no 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 we are only focusing on increasing our uh, female um, yeah women employees yeah she is a very good hr friend and i said um, honey you are doing something wrong and she said or whatever that you're doing cannot be considered as diversity and inclusion at See, all if if you are saying inclusion then it has to be whole you cannot be say okay uh, we we want to be inclusive but 50% you cannot do that you know this is not your breakfast that you know i i'll have uh, half of my breakfast today i'm in a hurry you cannot do that yeah. inclusion mean if you are leaving even a single group of lesser represented community out of your diversity and inclusion perspective your diversity and inclusion purview your diversity and inclusion policy even a single group is that then your company is not inclusive within the whole dni space uh, seems to be that the equality is also graded the and equality is also linear in that i mean it is it is a flaw but that's how most organizations who run their dni agendas do like for example they want first to take care of the women population within the organization and then once the women population or the women agenda is sorted is when they will extend the the inclusion uh, agenda to other agendas and i i actually question this idea also that why do you call it as gender equality because you are not extending your dni agenda to all genders you are only you are only extending it to women now this has pained me a lot you know talking uh, to many uh, corporate and dni experts they say we want gender equality they say ki we want to first do this gender equality then we will go to a uh, queer person and everything and like great transgender person non gender person they are these are also genders yeah. so if you say uh, um, we, we are uh, hoping for gender equality then what about the transgender persons Well, what about the, the non-binary or people who don't conform to your gender identity or gender? Yeah, people identity. always mix this gender and sexuality thing. Like I, um, uh, an organization was, uh, you know, taking my interview on this gender issue and everything, and they sent some questions beforehand. And one of those question was, what about the washroom thing? Male have their um, washroom, female have their washroom. What about LGBTQ? And I'm like, what? Male have their washroom. okay so as cis gay male can go there female have their washroom cis lesbian female can go there you are talking about transgender non binary persons and they're like yes yes that's what we meant i'm like no your question is wrong and offensive if you are saying gender equality good gender mean cisgender transgender you know mm-hmm. under the umbrella of cisgender you have cisgender male female under the umbrella of transgender you have 
transgender male female then you have non binary person then you have agender person there is the whole spectrum of gender don't mix gender and sexuality if you are saying uh, this is the thing i saw during this uh, whole women day celebration i never saw a poster you know including uh, a poster of a panel discussion including and celebrating a trans woman if you are saying it's a women day then you should include trans woman if you are not including trans woman then it is cis woman day either say it's cis woman day or include trans woman if you are not then you are kind of jk rolling the idea that a trans woman is woman has not really seeped in well and therefore we have people like jk rowling uh, the turfs most of them really opposing and not accepting trans woman as woman for that matter and we they still want to create keep a separate uh, category or se- segregation that trans woman is not woman but category altogether yeah this this idea has also come from this uh, notion of aurat uh, maa hoti hai ha aurat maa nahi hai maa nahi ban sakti hai to wo aurat nahi hai exactly and uh, i remember during that nirvaya um, incident delhi you know javed akhtar was speaking this uh, in rajya sabha and he said this notion of aurat maa hoti hai aur uska samman karna chahiye then what about the aurat who is not a maa be it a transgender woman be it a cisgender woman what about them to unka samman nahi karna chahiye so you know this notion comes from that you know aurat maa hoti hai trans woman cannot they can be mother but you know they cannot do it like you know you understand this yeah. so only because you do not have a way you are not a woman that's wrong 8 9 months or a year ago when there was discussion about you know, should organization of period leaves to women uh, if they want to and most of the cis women ran this agenda that if, if only if you have ovaries you can have opinion yes the the womanhood as we were talking about earlier this whole idea about womanhood as a gender role is so deeply entangled with being a woman if you don't subscribe to the uh, the bodily uh, structure of a woman you know or a female so we're saying that if you don't have a female body the so called female body you don't even have the rights to have an opinion about the woman and therefore अगर ओवरीज नहीं है तो आप ओपिनियन भी नहीं रख सकते हैं इज अगेन अ वेरी फ्लॉड आइडिया विच मीन्स दट यू आर टोटली एलियनेटिंग एंड इरेजिंग एंड इनविजिबलाइजिंग द ट्रांसफॉर्मर कम्युनिटी एंड ऑल दिस थिंग इज योर सोशल कंडीशन आई ऑलवेज से विजिबिलिटी इज इम्पोर्टेंट इन एवरी बिकॉज यू यू हैव सेग्रीगेटेड एन एंटायर कम्युनिटी एंड दिस इज अ स्टडी दैट दैट पर Hundred thirty crore people, sixteen percent is then two crore something. I guess yeah, twenty crore something. Yes. So there are twenty crore queer people, and there is no visibility. Like I still remember this case of Sorab Tipal, who whose name was sent to government for elevation yeah. uh, of for high court judge, but the government rejected it, saying that his partner is uh, foreign origin. I I think the government rejected his candidature because he is a a um, gay person and imagine india in 21 getting 2021 getting gay high court judge imagine the impact on the society rejecting his candidature the government has pushed the entire lgbt movement of visibility back to another 20 years yeah. the same thing when it comes to same sex marriage you know there is conflict of yeah no conflict of ideas and conflict of opinions regarding same sex marriage even within the queer community whether it is 
the right time to do speak for ma- same sex marriage or not i i believe that this is the right time we should talk about same sex marriage we should allow same sex marriage because it will increase visibility why i am saying this it is all about perception and visibility uh, there is a study um, that canada legalizes uh, same sex marriage in 2005 and they studied this since 2005 to 2016 the study of correlated violence and they found that after legalizing same sex marriage a uh, number of uh, violence against the community has decreased in a significant manner why because you know a child after grow up seeing only cis het people around him around you know him or herself seeing only seeing cis het couple getting married you know having babies so since his childhood he has this idea okay this is your so called quote unquote normal so when he sees someone doing different from that then it is a taboo this is happening like for like what is happening right now in india there is a conflict of you know majority religion and minority religion it is mostly because you know lesser interaction between the two communities this is basically so when you do not interact when you do not see people around you who are somehow different from you who eat differently who um, dress differently or something and then if you do not see them you feel okay this is some kind of threat and this is what is happening and all this thing thing comes all this discrimination and everything comes to the very basic point of education visibility there is no visibility we do not talk about it then this bollywood is there is just spreading misinformation and queerphobia that is why we see violence against queer people you know that is why people are so you know divided i always say divided by religion and united by queerphobia and it is not only because of queerphobia i mean not only because it only relates to queerphobia it relates to everything like people say okay this is a joke you know this is only my opinion i'm not assaulting you things like that but just think about this india is considered is the rape capital of in the world you know the amount of sexual assault against women is so high in india that it is considered one of the dangerous places now if you see the root cause it is the society how they condition a cis male since childhood like since childhood he will see his father making jokes about his mother they are visiting some friends house and they like are aapke yahan pe chai banti hai hamari to banani nahi aati shaadi karke phas gaye kind of things you know usually usual then that puts then this thing that you are a girl you should talk in a way you should walk like this you should laugh in public and everything that condition the young boy thinking that he is kind of superior and the girl is inferior to him he started seeing that okay i have the authority i can do anything and if you see 95% of rapes happens because culprit wants to teach a lesson to the victim now whom do you teach a lesson someone who is inferior or lesser to you now these jokes this conditioning this lesser visibility makes this thing happen and this is what is happening with queerphobia in the society people 
you know what happened during the pride month with this hashtag why so proud yes i was just going to come to that question the heteronormative world does not accept first of all does not accept a trans woman and if the trans woman is opinionated is is knowledgeable is has strong uh, ideas and morals then obviously the acceptance is going to be all the more challenged so how do you really handle all of the, the trolling the hate that you get on social media i block them <laughs> literally you know yeah you were talking about the pride month the amount of hate that was directed at you was was it was it was despicable yeah this time i was prepared because this was not the first time but still you know when you heard comments like you know you don't deserve to live you don't your khun uh, is ganda kind of people send you pics of rainbow news the rainbow robe saying okay you can hang yourself with this it's difficult you know i mute words i have blocked thousands of account literally i have blocked 1300 something i was checking today 1300 something accounts i went in when this happened this even this year when this happened and i got messages you know on in my on my dm and everything i got depressed for 3 days uh, i i didn't work you know i didn't go to my workplace i i did nothing i was constant touch with my therapist i talked to you i told you what is happening it was traumatic like but then what can you do you know you cannot teach these people you know you can only fight as long as you can so what i did for myself i'm not saying for others what i uh, did for myself i what i do for myself occasionally type those words which these people uses on my search bar search bar and uh, on twitter and i just go to these accounts and block them in future they cannot reach out to me i will not listen to them or something and yeah. i just it is so traumatic like internet gave me everything like the twitter platform that gave me everything i was on unknown account i was scared and lonely i was searching for myself and i found this place on twitter and you have seen from the i think from day one or two i was I remember when you, when, you, when you were a small account yes yeah i was a very small account i was afraid to go out i was afraid post my photos and anything and i was fortunate that i found so many good friends like you and the others who gave me courage to be myself so within this 2 3 years i traveled a lot you have seen my growth you know from post you know not posting any photos of my even not posting any photo of mine today i i post my photos i go out i you know write articles i'm doing my hair dni i'm you know doing this podcast with you internet gave me everything this social media platform gave me everything and this is the thing social media platform is the one safe place should be one of the safest place for queer person because like me you know we all start with fear and everything knowing nothing where to go sure. we come through the social media for looking for friends for stranger right. friends to whom with whom we can share our feelings and everything from where we can get courage and then you find these things like hounding queer people for no reason saying it is something to do with your religion and all but let me tell you no religion 
teaches you to hate to anyone. If you believe that your God has created everything, be it, you know, for any religion, every religion says this, now that their God has created everything. If you believe your God has created everything, then your God has created queer people also. And I have a very good joke on this, but I would not say here. <laughs> because that, or that you have to pay buy my ticket. Yes. Uh, yeah, but the thing is, you know, the kind of it, like it's painful. You know, someone is abusing you. Yeah. Someone who doesn't know you. Someone whom you don't know. Yeah. You are like you should die because you are a trans person. You should die because you are a gay person. Why? And there is no logic for it. This is only conditioning. I can bet you no religion, no religion teaches you these things. It is your conditioning and the algorithm of Twitter. If you post something nice to, you know, you will not get so many retweets and likes. But if you give a hot take, then welcome to the world of influencers. Hate sells. All yeah, yeah, yeah. It sells like, it sells, it sells more than porn. Which, which brings me to another question. Uh, I, I've seen your journey, where you were and where you are today. How has therapy played a role in your life? The incident that you were talking about, the amount of hate and trolling that you've had to face during the Pride Month. How, how do you keep your sanity? I come from a very small town and I was living there when I, you know, I started questioning myself when I started questioning about all this uh, my gender and my sexuality thing. Then I, um, we, we didn't have many therapists, um, but somehow I got few numbers of some therapists and I said, okay, let me go there and, you know, talk to them. They can help me uh, understand myself better. The first therapist, I still remember, I called, uh, he was like, okay, great. You can come to my office. But before that, you have to do, I called them, uh, called him and said that I'm going through this you know, gender dysphoria thing and I am going through this, uh, you know, confusion of sexuality thing and everything. He said that, uh, okay, uh, I'm recommending you a few tests about your um, hormones and everything and um, just get your test done and come to my my, my clinic and uh, we'll start your hormone therapy. And I was like, you don't know me. I don't know you. How can you recommend me hormone therapy just on a call? I, I didn't go there. Then I called another one. And that person said, uh, we don't cure people like you. It was a setback. It was a setback. I was so afraid I stopped calling or stopped, uh, you know, searching for therapists. Then this thing happened when my family, uh, that marriage thing, whole marriage thing, I told you, and then I, uh, here I called a few therapists and uh, I actually called four therapists. First three, everyone has same thing. Like two of them were outrightly said that, uh, we don't cure people like uh, the third therapist said, um, uh, I do not treat people like you. There was a one difference, you know, cure and treat. And I was heartbroken. But then I, I called the fourth one uh, with a desperate hope that, okay, I have heard many things and let's try it. Mm. But fortunately, I found the best thing in my life, my therapist. She helped me a lot. Like she gave me the courage. Like when I first went to her clinic, uh, it took me one hour even to talk anything we yeah. didn't talk about my sexuality agenda on the first day and uh, today whatever i am because of her because the way she handled me i go to depression like you know, every you know alternative day and she always uh, stays there for me and uh, more she is kind of more than a therapist to me 
for my blouses and everything she has her tailor and she you know does it for me you know that i don't know uh, if i hadn't found a good therapist in my life i don't know i don't know maybe i have done something drastic yeah it helped me a lot i had very bad experiences also with therapists i can understand that totally understand uh, even within the mental health mental health community poor counseling practice or poor affirmative counseling practice mhps or counselors and therapists are not trained on it and i can understand that even the the mental health professionals are a reflection of this heteronormative society right they come with the same lens of heteronormativity the binary of the man and the woman and you know anything beyond the man and a woman's relationship is considered to be a taboo is stigmatized uh, unfortunately mental health itself is stigmatized and then you also have the same mental health professionals who are supposed to be the flag bearers of destigmatizing uh, mental health issues further this acophobia uh, transphobia which is which is unfortunate but i recognize that but i'm glad that you were able to find therapist who is who's really been with you through the thick and the thin and the thing is therapy therapists uh, have plays a very important role in the life of a queer person especially queer person because it it starts with you know mental trauma you know when you come to know that okay you are not fit in the norms of the society it is traumatic and yeah. then the guilt starts you know you start feeling like i'm i'm from the pre 377 um, you know era because most of us 2018 you know it all started with the guilt that i'm doing something wrong i'm a criminal i'm something you know of a freak or something and you live your life with this so you need someone you know someone to tell you that no it's everything is fine yeah you are not wrong the society is wrong you know you need someone to be there give you confidence to you know uncycle your uh, all the knots and um, tangled uh, ropes in your life and cry uh, you you mentioned about uh, the two therapists one of them said that you know we don't cure uh, the operating word here being cure and the other one said uh, we don't treat all of these words like cure and treat i mean the idea is that there is something to fix with you there is something wrong with you and that exactly. is so problematic because are we saying that queer community needs to be fixed there is a problem and that needs to be solved or there is some disease and therefore it needs to be cured and treated i think that itself is in many ways violent right emotionally violent for somebody who themselves are going through uh, the guilt the shame because guilt in many ways is a conditioned emotion and i say that because uh, you feel guilt when you think that you're doing something wrong who tells you if it is right or wrong it's a societal conditioning it's a societal construct the social construct of saying that hetero heterosexual is normal or heteronormative is normal a man and a woman's relationship is normal and therefore anything that is going out of these boundaries of heterosexuality is considered to be uh, wrong and therefore the guilt it's unfortunate that the mental health professional themselves are furthering this the stigma creating levels of many levels of of violent uh, emotional violence for people even when i started you know coming out my first uh, you know when we are we were preparing to come out to, to my family and everything I, the the one fear i had always was like what if my family says no what if 
I break their hearts. What if I cause some pain to them? It is always even after you know accepting my you know my uh, gender dysphoria and uh, my sexuality and everything. I was like, am I doing something wrong? Am I going to say something which will you know yes. hurt my uh, family and friends? And my therapist was constantly saying, see nothing like that. You have to be happy and see this is the thing now i was choosing happiness of others yes, over you. mine because i felt this guilt i felt this thing ki, no i shouldn't do this if i say this you know uh, they it will hurt them it will ruin their life or something so yeah that guilt part comes from there and till the guilt is within you without even doing any wrong kind of flourish and as i said you you saw me when you know since uh, starting and the moment i shed away that guilt part i came out to my family i am a very different person now if you compare me of uh, ritushi of 2009 even to 2019 and 2021 the change is vast you know I, yeah, sometimes i was like oh my god this is me yeah the change is absolutely remarkable uh, the the conversation that we've had uh, during the first pride where we met versus what you are today championing the whole queer movement and trans rights today is 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 unmissable and kudos to you to be able to that uh, take all the challenges that came your way totally head on so uh, uh, yeah yeah you were saying something go ahead yeah yeah i just want to mention here it all because of my uh, friends i met on twitter whom i call my twitter family mm-hmm. and my sister i i posted this but just you know it is the perfect time i should mention this here uh, i was talking to my sister and i said i we were talking and she said ke uh, one uh, we we need to prepare our you know relatives for your transition and everything and i said don't worry one day i will be so famous that if someone ask you question you can slap my you know my money on them and all that thing and then she said what if you will never be famous and i said i never thought of it and she said ki is it a condition that will support you only if you are famous what about those queer persons who are not famous don't they deserve support and love oh, and wisdom. such wisdom and then i said yeah i was joking and then she said don't ever joke to me like that and that's why when i started doing podcast you know clubhouse and my zoom shows and webinar seminar i bought a new laptop i um, you know installed a software to you know alter my voice and you know people should not recognize me but the moment my sister said this i said okay i'm done with it let's face the world i mean that's such a wonderful story and this is this is what you want from your family and your friends just a little bit support just the word we are there for you that's it validating who you are validating your emotions uh, and reassuring you can can take you far far away and i think that is what the the queer community when they say acceptance i know that you know not many people like the word acceptance but there is so much uh, there is so much attached to the to the idea of acceptance from the family because uh, these are the people you are born with and therefore you want them to be with you through every time that you go through whether it is a, a good time or not so great time you still look back to them you you want that assurance you want that approval from them and therefore uh, acceptance becomes critical 
in uh, with everyone but more so with the queer community or people you know the queer persons yeah exactly I, as i said now just two three years ago i didn't know who i uh, i was unsure about myself my gender my sexuality but um, you know i took my steps gradually but the moment my family my sister supported me wholeheartedly look at me right now ritushri doing podcast you know training corporates sometimes i even think like is it really happening everything to me so um ritushri such a, a great story that you've had since this podcast is all about resilience it's all about well-being i want to ask this question what is resilience for you you've gone through so much in life i mean it's not that it's not that you're not going through there's so much of hate that is that you face every single day uh, there's so much of uh, invisibilization misgendering that happens within the corporate world or outside the corporate corporate world in your personal life what is resilience for you for me resilience is a lifeline because for me and many queer people or many person who are oppressed the fight and battle of life is every day you know you wake up every day you fight for your life for your right for your dignity to uh, in real life you battle on social media you know the fight is everywhere and it is only your resilience that keeps you going you know that keeps you alive and uh, without it, it 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 is a very big word you know when you see resilience and everything but if you uh, see it in your life it is it is essential for everyone you know it is essential for everyone to keep you moving to keep uh, moving you towards your goal to keep you alive especially if you are getting so much hate and discrimination it is the only way to survive yeah um thank you so much ritushri for all the gems and all the all the conversation that we've had since i know you you have a great comics comic sense and a great comic timing so i'm going to do this a quick rapid fire with you where i'm going to give you a word you can respond back either in a word or a, or a, a maybe a sentence not more than that sure. yeah but sure. it's going to be a rapid sure. fire okay. yes okay the very first word for you is family love great um social media validation <laughs> <laughs> that's a great one i know your love for politics so my next word is politics bullshit ah okay okay that's surprising for me but yes okay politics is good but the current politics is bullshit so yeah okay okay i'll take that okay and again uh, your your love for cricket is unmissable so my next word is cricket life story because it taught me a lot hmm. taught me a lot like i i used to be very passionate about the game and more the game the sportsman spirit you know not only cricket every sport you know teaches you uh, prepares you to face the world prepares you uh, the ability you know to uh, as you say the resilience the fight you okay. fighting they they teaches you this and cricket gave me all this thing uh, you know the fighting spirit yeah to yeah. fight you know the as they say that uh until the last ball is bowled uh the match is not over that's my life story that, that that that's it yeah that was a paragraph but i'll take that thank you so much <laughs> <laughs> cricket is so i am so passionate about cricket that yeah, it needs more than a paragraph yes the next word is bollywood cringe 
yes a cringe fest totally i agree i second that future bright wow what's your life mantra ah life mantra i don't have one like i have many life mantra okay uh keep on dreaming because dream come true ah that's a great one uh my last word for you purpose purpose okay to make this world a better place Wow. and to earn a billion wow <laughs> yes you can earn a billion and also make make a better make this world a better place for sure i'll be a better billion the billionaire than jeff bezos and all that space going group i wish all the luck for you to be a better billionaire than jeff bezos uh, or elon musk avritashri uh, thank you so much for your time i mean it was such a lovely conversation thank you for being so candid speaking to you or every single time it leaves me with such great wisdom and knowledge that you you carry about everything whether it is politics about uh, sports or about uh, gender rights or trans movement and everything for that matter so thank you so much it's been a pleasure speaking to you thank you thank you for inviting me and uh, as i um, did uh, remarkable work in your rapid fire i need a treat for that i want i, I want that fish fry and wine you when you come come home next time wine and fish is going to be on the menu yeah love you thank you so much you take care i love you too